Hi there, I'm Amber Ray. And I'm Dan Place. And welcome to Unconditional Love. A podcast about personal responsibility. Again, I'm Amber Ray. I'm 58 years old. I've been married a couple times, had a couple long-term lovers. I have three grown sons, one that's still at home with special needs, and I'm the primary caretaker for my 80-year-old mother. Um, I've been aware of and seeking a spiritual path most of my life, and I get off that path fairly often, but so far, gratefully, I've always found my way back. And I'm Dan Place. Uh, I'm a 54-year-old gay man who lives in Chicago with his longtime partner. I'm in an open relationship, uh, and I'm very active in the gay leather community. Uh, I just wanted to also add that we are not uh, mental health professionals. Uh, we're just people who spent a lot of time and energy trying to understand uh, how to have more joy in our lives. Uh, so the, what's given in this podcast are opinions. They're merely opinions. They're not uh, professional advice. Yeah. And this podcast is really just the two of us discussing a variety of different life challenges and situations from our own personal, hopefully, spiritual perspective. And this will eventually, hopefully, evolve and grow into something bigger than that, than just the two of us talking. But who knows? And hopefully um, people will send us interesting letters that we can talk about. Right? Yeah. Um, this... Today's topic, anyway, is uh, loving the unlovable unconditionally. Um, and I love that title because uh, it, it seems sort of counterintuitive, um, but uh, it's definitely something that I am going through right now. <laughs> um, my older mother, who I mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, has lived with me for the most part, most of my adult life. Um, she's gone through some rough financial times after I was in college and after my dad and her got divorced. Um, at the time I was a working actor. Um, and, uh, my mom came to live with me. I was divorced at the time with two young children, uh, and she moved in to help me out and, and I was there to help her out. Uh, it worked out pretty well for the most part at the beginning. She was loving and, and a great uh, grandmother, a little set in her ways, <laughs> but she helped me a lot. And, um, uh, I traveled a lot with work, so she kept the house safe and she kept the kids safe. And, um, she was a, actually a really good partner to me for that. Um, but now my kids are grown and I, of course I'm still working and my mom doesn't have a lot to do with her time now that the kids aren't around. Um, she was never a social creature by nature, so she doesn't really have friends, and she doesn't have any hobbies or interests. Um, and in the last 10 years or so, she's started to decline her health, what she's physically capable of, and she has a memory loss that seems to come and go. Um, and her personality has changed a lot, too. Um, the once kind and open-minded woman has, she's gotten sort of mean and short-tempered and super conservative and a homophobe and a bigot. Um, and she's not, she's not the mother I knew or the beautiful person that I had in my life. Um, and I'm finding it really hard to be around her. Uh, 
I've become impatient and sometimes really unkind. Um, and I realize I don't really like her that much anymore. And I don't like who I've become around her, you know? And I know, Dan, you said you, like, you had a little bit of that with your mom too, right? Yeah, no, my mom wasn't bearable, <laughs> but, but, uh, uh, I was. I used to think to myself, "Well, uh, it'd be nice to it'd be nice if I had some lovely memories to draw on, so I could at least think to myself, well, like, 'Well, I'm returning, you know, kindness that she gave me in the past.' But she was never very kind, so <clears throat> I just uh, went. It, it just became more and more unbearable <laughs> over time. But I totally understand what what you're saying. How do you? Um, the thing that's the most unpleasant in a way is is how I was when I was with her. Rather than, yeah. Rather than the way that she was. Yeah. Well, and it's funny too because you when you came to visit recently, um, and I had mentioned this to you because you gave me um, a brand new perspective on her because you were coming in from the outside and she was very, very unkind to you, in particular, um, and uh, you were so loving to her and you reminded me um that she's trapped inside her body uh and uh the person that she used to be can't get out now and it just it totally gave me a new way of seeing her it gave me much more compassion um and not that I'm like compassionate every single moment because I'm still not um but it definitely, it's a reminder to me, um, one, one, to hold on to the memory of, of who she was, but also, you know, I have to find pathways, uh, into being present with her and still, and, and still love her, uh, not necessarily in the way that I, I, I always did, but to be open to finding where love is and holding on to that. Um, and it's funny cause you had sent me that Abraham Hicks, uh, uh, recording this morning that was all about it. So it, that was another reminder to me that, um, uh, that sometimes, well, obviously once again, the thing we talked about in the last session, um, you have to love yourself first and in loving yourself, you have to take care of yourself and that way you can be present for the people you love or the people who are in your life, who have to be in your life, you know? Yeah. I thought it was great that that was saying, uh, uh, basically, um, the, the question that, that was asked in the seminar was how can I be aligned and present and have, you know, be, have positive energy and, and, you know, ideally have feel unconditional love, which is what our podcast is about. Um, how can I feel that when I'm constantly with someone who, is not in alignment is who is and is unhappy or angry or what have you. And I loved that the answer was you can't. Yeah. You, then you're, you're expecting, you're basically expecting yourself to defy the laws of nature that you, that, to think that you could be around someone who's miserable all the time and somehow not be dragged down by it. And, yeah. And, you know, the answer was kind of like you know, the, uh, the what the stewardesses say in the airplane, like help yourself first and then help other people because otherwise you, you might be incapacitated. It doesn't, you can't put a 
your mask on your child, I mean, it's an extreme example, if you're unconscious. So, um, and, you know, maybe in a similar way, you can't be in a place of unconditional love if all you do is surround yourself with unhappiness and anger. Yeah. So, yeah. Step out, step out of it and then come back when you're. And then go back in. mm -hmm. Yeah. I really find myself, um, like, a lot of my meditations are about finding peace in this situation and about, you know, surrounding her with love and with light and allowing our relationship to change in this new stage. Um, I'm definitely, I'm definitely learning more patience than I ever thought possible. Although I thought I'd learned a lot of patience with night. Um, but apparently it didn't transfer over. Um, uh, but I definitely, I take a lot of, I take a lot of time out. It's like I leave the house. I find ways, you know, it's hard because we work a lot from home. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. I so well, so I, was, I was saying in our last recording that, um, I had, uh, I've had the experience more than once with Chad when I was having a, we were having a huge fight that, uh, which is exactly the advice that they gave today. Was, yeah. Uh, was that, just go away and go find your alignment and then come back. And it, and it did completely change the energy where, you know, not only did I, could I not remember what we were fighting about? Chad couldn't remember either. It was like, I just, <laughs> I just somehow was able by me releasing, you know, what I was angry about. He couldn't, it wasn't, I wasn't vibrating with him anymore. And so when I came back there, he didn't have anything to grab onto and yeah. it put us both in a better place. I felt, and not that I mean not to diminish whatever you know he was doing, but it was I thought it was really interesting because he was just watching TV and he came back. I came back and he was like, "I don't remember what we were yelling about," and I was like, "I don't either." So let's stop. Mm, I love it. Yeah. And I remember so clearly because I, I put my these head, the headphones and uh, they're noise canceling, and I it was a I went put on some a Mozart uh, on my headphones and just went for a walk in the neighborhood, and it was a a cool like March day or something. And it was just these big snowflakes were, were floating down and I was listening to the music and, and I was looking up at the trees. And like I was again saying last time I, when I, you know, want to get in alignment, a lot of times I look at trees and um, I looked up in this, the, through the trees and the big snowflakes, fluffy snowflakes were coming down and it was so beautiful. I was so overwhelmed by how beautiful it was that I just forgot mm. any, anything that was unhappy. Yeah. It's all those things that, um, well, you and I have talked about this a lot. Like you have to find those things that take you out of yourself, whether it's going for a walk or being in nature or extra. Mm-hmm. For me, it's working out often times, meditation, listening to music, whatever those things are. But, and, and for me, and it sounds like for you too, I have to physically remove myself from the situation, like staying in it only, mm-hmm. I'll, if I stay there, then that's what I think about. So I'm focusing on the negative as opposed to removing myself from it and replacing those thoughts with something that brings me joy. And if you're sitting there next to someone who's miserable and angry yeah. and unhappy, uh, you're not going to somehow magically be able to change your mood when they're just throwing this energy at you. Yeah. <clears throat> I got those that, I mean, with my mother... Uh, I have to say, um, I never really tried <laughs> very hard to, um, 
like her. It was just sort of something you had to endure as she got older and, and forgetful and, and more crazy. Um, so I think that uh, you're doing an amazing job with with taking care of your mother and, and the circumstances. I I remember when my sister and I, when it looked like at some point she might run out of money, um, we both looked at each other we're like, she can't stay with me because I would kill her. <laughs> you take her. No, you take her. <laughs> I'm not taking her. <laughs> but uh, oh no, I mean, it was, but it was a serious problem because it was, it, it literally couldn't, neither one of us could have borne it. Um, and uh, um, so we were, uh, I'm glad that we didn't have to deal with that problem because we, we wanted her to have what she needed, but, we, I mean, we were only able to give what we can give and you have to be honest yeah. with yourself about what you can give or you'll, I mean, you can't destroy your own life in the process of trying to help somebody else. Yeah. Well, and I, um, I have night too, you know, and, um, some days are, some days are harder than others. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, and I think too, right now, especially with the coronavirus and you know the, everything shutting down, I'm like, no, coffee shops don't shut down. <laughs> um, which is why I'm so sad when I went to Starbucks. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, well, at least yeah, it's getting nicer, so it's easier to spend more time outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Question is. Um, what have you found works for you to, so that you can get back into alignment? And actually I wanted to share one thing um, I want, wanted to say was uh, uh, it was a really nice evening at your house when we were there recently when uh, we were sitting at the table um, and Steele and Chad and Knight. And, oh yeah. Um, and you went over and sat next to your mom and I thought it was uh, made me happy to see that having the other people around enabled you to reach out to her and spend some time with her in a way that was loving um, because the rest of us were creating more of a buffer against uh, her energy that was. Yeah. And that's definitely exactly what happened, right? Like you guys being there allowed me to um, be present, be completely present with her in a loving way because the attention wasn't on m my taking care of her, you know. We, and we offered it a, a, a oasis too, or you could you could step out of it if you wanted to. Yeah, and, and, which I did. Yeah, yeah. But I think even just having that available. Well, which is do. why hopefully, you know, as you as one gets older, you maintain your interests in other things, so that all your energy isn't just focused on. Um, you know, your caretakers or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it seems like from what you've said, she's very focused on what you in, you specifically are doing or not doing to make her, to meet her needs at any given time. Yeah, yeah. And that's completely unfair. She's not doing it on purpose, but it doesn't make it not fair. Yeah, and I'm not a, I'm not an, I, I'm not a natural caretaker. I know like you are, you're a brilliant caretaker, but I'm not a natural one, even though I'm a mother of three kids <laughs> and now the mother of my mother. Um, but it doesn't come. I don't think that's true at all. I think that you're a great caretaker. I think that, uh, in fact, I always 
one of the things I remember when we were first getting to know you, I really admired was, um, and I told you this before, I, it was uh, interesting to me that every other family, well, this was back in the days of answering machines, every other family, when you called their phone, they'd say, hi, it's the, you know, it's the Ray residence. Um, you know, leave a message for Amber or Steel or Blue. And your message said, this is Amber's phone. Leave a message for Amber. And I thought, uh, and when we would, you would go, we'd go out to dinner with your kids. At the end of it, you would say, are you going to thank me for dinner? And the fact that you were um, making clear delineation between you and them that, and letting them know that they're independent people who have choices and um, aren't just part of you or part of your identity. And it's not just assumed that you're going to take care of them forever. Um, I thought it was a great lesson and that I think both of them came out really well. And they were so self-possessed even when they were little that I thought was fascinating. They were uh, much more outgoing and they, they expected to be treated like people instead of like kids because you treated them like people. And I thought that was great. Just because you're not putting up with every little annoying thing that they do doesn't mean you're not taking care of them. You're, you're setting an example. Hmm. That's a really nice compliment. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't know I did that. <laughs> well, my parents never told me to thank them for buying, you know, buying me dinner. I was, it was just sort of assumed that it was their job to buy me dinner. And that's how they treated it too, was that we were this obligation that they had to fulfill. They had to feed us and clothe us and, and take us to the doctor and send us to school. And not that they, they didn't do that well, but it, it never felt loving to me. It always felt that like they were doing it because they had to. And I think, hmm. I think I'm pretty sure my sister felt that way too. And, uh, hmm. so I think there's lots of ways to take care of people. Yeah. Well, I'm learning. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm definitely learning to, um, um, take care of my mother in a way that, you know, meets her needs, but also um, maintain my own space and my own sanity. And I, and I still want to be, I still want to be a nice person. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I, don't you think that's a great example of what we're talking about that, that, that evening that I just mentioned when we were all there, because you were able to get yourself into a good place. It was much yeah. easier for you to reach out to her. Yeah. Maybe you guys should come over all the time. <laughs> I wish we too bad we don't live closer. <laughs> I know. I but, know. But uh but I mean that's just what we we're talking about is you need to you your needs are being met and so you were able to you were in a good place so you were able to give yeah. her attention that you might not have been able to give her otherwise, which is why it's so important to not sit there and be miserable with the person, but to go out and make sure that your soul is being fed and you're yeah in a good loving place so that when you deal with her, you can be kind instead of just vibrating on her level of, of anger and resentment and, and probably abject terror that she, you know, she's slowly forgetting everything. Yeah. Oh my God, that makes me so sad. Mm. <laughs> so, <sighs> yeah. I'm so, not what, cheery, so, no? what the, so, you know, what are, are the things, uh, 
that you're doing um, that do work for you? Well, I'm definitely the things that we had talked about a little bit before, you know, removing myself from the situation, going for a walk, working out, um, listening to music, um, loving somebody else too, like, you know, taking care of night and, um, uh, any, you know, tasks, you know, it's the old chop wood, carry water sort of Buddhist thing where, um, uh, putting my mind on something else is really helpful. And just, I mean, just your insight there about when you guys were visiting, you know, I have tried not to have other people around, um, just because I don't know what she's going to do or say. Um, I mean, I felt safe with you guys cause that's, you know, I love you guys. Um, but for the most part, I, I don't, I've stopped having people over and I love having people over. But you're not responsible for how she yeah. behaves. Yeah. And your friends love you. And I'm sure that they're, I mean, everyone has, you know, different things in their life that are maybe the way they want them to be, but you can't control her and you shouldn't try. Just yeah. let her deal with it. Yeah. So, she won't, yeah. She won't remember anyway. <laughs> <the next day>. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's funny. Um, yeah. And I, uh, I definitely try to, you know, give her also give her tasks, give her things to do. Not that she'll always do them, but, um, it seems to help too. If I, mm -hmm. um, give her something that gives her some sense of self worth too, or contribution. I mean, I'm sure it's another reason for the decline is that, you know, she had seen her value in, um, taking care of children. And then, you know, we, us kids grew up and then my kids grew up and, um, so that sense of self-worth mm -hmm. changes, you know? And even just having something to do, like yeah. we were, I mean, we we're talking about for ourselves, like give yourself something to do so you're not yeah. focused on how unhappy you are. So I'm sure that's the same for her. It's nice to have something to do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I keep telling her, it's like, oh, mom, you should get a hobby. I don't <laughs> need a hobby. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, you kind of do. Get her a yeah. bunch of stamps to tell her that she's collecting stamps now. Ooh, that's a good idea. It helps to... Oh, it, just one more thing. Yeah, no. It, it helps to talk about it, too. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? I mean, I know that's how we started this whole thing, but it does help to hear other people's stories and what other people have gone through and what they're doing. It's like just even talking to you and hearing what you went through with your mom. It, it helps. It, it gives you a broader outlook, you know? Yeah, and I mean, hopefully it helps you. It makes it. you know that you're not alone. Yeah. And that, and you're, maybe you're being expecting too much of yourself to think yeah. that you can just be with her all the time and, and always be in a great place with her and just, be kind to yourself, then like you know that it, know that it's okay to be mad at her sometimes, um, and uh, and then just walk away and come back and and it's all you can do. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But, but loving okay. the lovable is a is a great topic. So thank you for yeah for coming up with it and 
uh, it's something that we all face, everyone faces every day in different ways. How do you yeah. be around people at work that are unbearable or people that are your kids when they're being brats or your partner or, yeah. or friends or, you know, there's, you can't control what they're doing, which is you know, what goes, how it kind of ties back to personal responsibility. You're, what you are, what are you responsible for? Just yeah. you and how Just you yeah. feel. Yeah. And that's how you get to unconditional. And that's the only thing you can change, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So, All right. Well, thanks for thanks for listening. Yes, thanks everyone. Please, uh, if you like our podcast, please uh, like us and send us messages or questions and things that you'd like to talk about or engage with, and and uh, hopefully we can keep this going. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. Thanks everyone. Thank you.